everyone. I'm your host, April Hanna, and this is the Path 11 Podcast. Just a reminder, we are offering access to all of our archive shows, which is well over 100 hours of content, and new bonus shows such as the Virtual Book Club, Food for Thought Friday, and the Two Minute Tuesday, all for just $3.99 a month. Think about it, guys. That's less than the cost of a pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks. Sign up for premium for just $3.99 a month. Now let's get to this week's show. to welcome our guest today, Julia Vandersloos, who is a psychic, intuitive medium, and healer for both humans and animals. She is also an angel walking earth in human form, and her angel form name is Aria Bella. She works with people to channel their guardian angels to help them with healing blocks and general well-being. She is also here to share her knowledge of what she has seen and learned viewing earth from God's side as a guardian angel. So welcome, Julia. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Now, do you prefer us to address you as Julia or as your angel, Aria Bella? Anything that works for you. Some prefer Julia and some prefer Aria Bella. So it's totally up to you. Okay. All right. So can you explain that a little bit to our listeners and, uh, you know, kind of tell us your story of how you came to meet Aria Bella? Wow. Okay. So I used to have, well, I suffer from a really severe panic disorder. So I've done a lot of work on, you know, working with psychologists and the normal past and everything like that, but I'm quite alternative in my ways of being. So I've tried a lot of other things like hypnotherapy and um, acupuncture and other mentors and things like that. But I came across a lady, Jess, who is my mentor still to this day. And she helped me sort of get along with the gratitude and positivity and things like that. So we were talking one day in one of my sessions and I sort of said to her, you know, I um, sometimes feel like this feeling in my back and she was like okay what's it feel like and I was like honestly I might sound a little bit strange right now but it's like there's wings there and she's like okay and then we're talking away and obviously during our session she gets into her psychic side and and things start messages start coming up for her and she's like hmm that's strange and I was like what because obviously everyone stems from something be it you know the starseed people, the angelic realm and things like that. So she kind of said that and I kind of went, well, yeah, that makes sense, but something doesn't feel quite right. And she happened to ask me a question about past lives because I've done past life things before. And she said, how did you view them? And I kind of went, um surely the same as everyone else does and she was like well how do you see it and I said well I'm looking down at the person and I'm watching it happening and she kind of went yeah that's not how I see my past lives and I was like really and she's like yeah it's like I'm the person looking out of their eyes and I was like hmm okay and I didn't think too much of it and then from that conversation she 
sort of branched out into doing past life readings and things like that. So I decided to get one done and we sort of started talking and she was like, oh my goodness, you're a guardian angel. And I was like, oh, that feels right. And so I started doing a lot of work with her to bring back some of the lives and things like that. And it just sort of my knowledge and all of my rememberings, I guess, started coming in from there. So it's been quite a journey the last couple of years. Yeah. And how do you remedy something like that and not feel like you're going crazy or losing your mind um, (laughs) and, you know, kind of making sense of how to be in the world when something like this happens? Definitely. But it's weird because I thought, again, because, you know, I'm a warrior, I'm an overthinker, you know, give me anything to panic about and I'll do it. But as soon as we started talking like that, and even some spiritual things to begin with would sort of not freak me out, but, you know, some things can be quite out there when you're experiencing them or doing them. And, but every, when we would go through things, it just, it was like that puzzle piece just locking inside of me. And I was like, oh, that's why, you know, I don't feel all that right in my body because, you know, this is the first time I've ever been a human and no wonder why I panic about everything because, you know, it's the first time I'm experiencing it. And, you know, I worked out that some of my panic stems a lot from the lives that I had helped before being a human and things like that. So it just, everything really started falling into place and it was at that time that I could sort of start making friends with, you know, the panic and things like that rather than sort of fighting so hard against it. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a lesson of discovery. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that. I recently ran a past life uh, book club uh, with a bunch of people here and we reviewed the book, Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss. And I regress people to do a past life regression. And one of the people in the group said she saw herself as an angel in a past life. Oh, wow. How lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So now one of the... One of the reasons why we contacted you is because you're also an author of the book, Angelical Wisdoms, Messages to Nourish the Soul. So um, I'm understanding that this book was channeled. Um, yes, am I correct? Yeah. So yes, that's you, correct. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that process. Uh, it's funny. It's one of those little germs of ideas that sort of started, you know, a, a semi-daily Facebook post and and things like that, but I kept getting that nudge going, no, this needs to be not bigger than that, but, you know, it needs to be more than that. So I started adding it to my blog and doing a little video with it, and I was still getting that little nudge on my shoulder going, yeah, no, this needs to be, it still needs to evolve more. And then all of a sudden I sat down and I said, huh, okay, these need to be in a book that can reach anybody and everybody that needs that little helping hand that we all need, you know, every day sometimes. So it sort of stemmed from there. And believe it or not, all of the channeled messages took me maybe an hour and a half in total to actually get them down. It was sort of the um, creating the book and 
and getting the artwork and things like that that actually was the thing that took the time. So obviously it was it was meant to come out and be there because yeah, it was actually um, out of a lot of the stuff that I channel, these actually came out the easiest. So I'm guessing, you know, like I said, they they needed to come out at this time. So it just sort of flowed. Yeah. Well, and I do have a couple of questions because I, when I read the forward of your book, at first I was a little confused because I thought that Aria Bella was actually a real person that you had met as like a physical, like a, like a human being, but then realized that it was an angel, like reincarnated into the human body. So, um, I got a little confused at that until I understood a little bit better, but I want you to, um, just describe that as well, just in case if our listeners would also be a little confused of how Ariabella kind of came through you or introduced herself to you and how you integrate her into your body. Okay, so the forward was done by one of my, I call her my my twinny because she's, um, we're not necessarily twin souls obviously, but she's my biggest cheerleader and, and bestest friend and she just, she's one of those ones that just get you on every level. Um, she wrote the forward, so she will only call me Ariabella. Oh, um, okay. She, I totally so missed she, that, yes. <laughs> Palmina is her name. Oh, my God. No wonder why I was confused. (laughs) She's writing about you. Okay. Got it. Yes. Yeah. So she sometimes in certain situations where people like who know me as Julia and and everything as well, she'll sometimes grudgingly call me my human name. Um, But that's where she's talking about Adiabella, whereas obviously – being that I'm the author, I tried to keep my name on the cover and everything so it didn't get too confusing. Um, but Adiabella is obviously my soul's name, my my guardian angel name and everything like that. So to be honest, she's with me every day. Obviously, sometimes the human side's a little bit more forward than the angel side, but I'm kind of learning to walk more and more with both of them at the same time, if that makes sense, (laughs) while still keeping my faith firmly grounded. Right. Yes. They would call that probably, uh, I've heard the term used, parallel processing of being able to be in two different dimensions at once. Exactly. When I first started, um, it would take me the rest of the day to start feeling sort of anywhere close to a functioning human again. Um, But now it's sort of I find myself slipping out of it a lot depending on what's going on in the day and who I'm talking to and everything else. But, yeah, so it's been a bit of a journey myself to obviously realise that, you know, that is a part of me because I would be the same. I would be talking about, you know, Adiabella as a completely different entity and individual and then I'd be like well no actually that's my soul (laughs) so it's um I've sometimes had the same problem as you had (laughs) got you and it's in her forward (laughs) in her forward she also says that you were trained by Archangel Michael so I'm curious to hear a little bit about um that relationship with him and kind of what knowledge you were taught 
through Archangel Michael because he's a pretty powerful archangel. I think most people, even if they're not trained in the angelic realm or know much about angels, most people have heard of Archangel Michael. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, oh, okay, so when I decided to come, well, not when I decided, when God or the universe, whoever you want to call that, the big pie in the sky, um, decided that I was the one to come down here to do my little mission. I actually trained with all of the archangels. So I actually worked with Archangel Michael as the last sort of archangel before I came down. So I was classified as a guardian angel of war, I guess you could say, but it was actually more obviously the peacekeeping side of war than the actual, you know, fighting type thing. So I worked with him for, I'll say a lot of years because the human mind can take that. Um, but one time when I was working, and I'll say it quickly, um, one time when I was working with my spiritual mentor before I was able to start bringing all this stuff up myself, she said something when she was completely in it and she didn't even remember. And she said, a thousand, a blink of an archangel's, a blink of an angel's eyes is a thousand years to a human. So you can imagine how long I've worked with Archangel Michael under his wing, I guess you could say, um, when I say I worked with him for a few years. So for him, with him, it was all about guarding, um, protecting, sort of all of those big things that he's known for. Um, and as well, I guess, about coming from a place of the love and acceptance and the light rather than coming from the ego space of war. So it was, he's absolutely incredible. And it's funny because before I even learned all of this, like many people, Archangel Michael was always when I called on because obviously when you do suffer from anything not pleasant, sort of he's the one that you grasp on to help and protect and and all of that. So it was quite interesting that after years of sort of begging for help um, to know that I worked under him so closely is um, quite amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And has, has your understanding of learning more about this and um, understanding more of your soul, have you found that your anxiety has decreased because of that? Definitely, definitely. It really helped. Um, the biggest thing that helped it, um, one of my last missions before going away and doing more learning and everything that I had to do before I came here, I was actually one of the guardian angels that worked during the, the German war. So I was there in the concentration camps with uh, the mothers and the children, helping the children to pass as peacefully as possible when they were walking through the gas chambers. So I took away their anxiety and gave them peace as they were passing. So you can imagine how much anxiety I was feeling as a human where I kept hold of all of that. So once I learned that, 
and how amazing and powerful. And there was this whole process where they all sort of came to me in this sort of big bubble of light and just said, you know, you can let it go now. So that was a big sort of release for me. And it's just been the little things as well, you know, like knowing that, you know, not being in a body before, it's okay to feel those, oh, what is this? And I've learned to try to take that sort of childlike um, curiosity about things now and also to realise, you know, I am completely safe, I'm completely fine and everything like that. So it's been amazing to help with all of that. I still have it because ideally I am a human right now, but it definitely, definitely helps. Right. Yeah. I think all, I don't think anyone that is, you know, here in the human body doesn't experience some form of anxiety, but you know, some anxiety can definitely be more intense than others. Was yours to the level of agoraphobia? Definitely. It was just everything. And the worst part, and I won't say worst part, but what made it harder was I actually had a panic about food. So, you know, for 15 years, I didn't hardly eat. So it was my body and my soul trying to deal with getting through this, but at the same time, I was starving myself. So it was for a little while that vicious circle of never ending, can't get out of this. Um, little vortex that I'd created for myself, but I got through it <laughs> and I'm eating and I'm going out and living a life now. So um, anyone listening, it can be done. Yes. And I really appreciate you, you know, sharing your story and being so open about that because I know that there's a lot of people that suffer from anxiety. And I think one of the important things that at least, um, you know, in our Western culture that many people don't consider past life regressions or looking at something beyond just all of these physical symptoms. And, you know, if people can be open-minded to maybe saying, oh, maybe this could be related to a past life and do some of that work. Personally, I have found that people heal by leaps and bounds with learning that information about what has happened in a past life. Absolutely. And I just, um, like you say, it's just the process of going through it that sometimes it just clicks and don't get me wrong. They're not always, but sometimes they are miraculously sort of healed from it, but it's almost like you're giving, um, that chunk of your psych permission to, to let it go and say, it's okay now. You don't need to carry that anymore. You can see it. You've, you've recognized it. You've loved it. Now you can let it go. So it can be a really beautiful thing. Yes. Now I'm, I'm curious to know about your intuition. So, you know, if, if your soul has been this angel, is it safe to say that you have a very heightened intuition more so than other people that haven't been incarnated as an angel before? Definitely. I say definitely because that's how it feels like for me. Um, I think it's it can be that sort of fine-lined edge, though, because obviously because I'm so – the intuition so heightened and all of those other, thing, other things – that can sometimes also be what can cause things like anxiety and overwhelm and things like that because 
you know, there's things that you haven't experienced before or you're too open to them. Like, you know, before I learned about grounding and protecting my energy, I could walk into a, a shop and just be so overwhelmed with the noises and the feelings and everything bombarding me and me not realizing that it wasn't myself that I just be like, Oh, I have to get out of here and, and run away. So there's that fine line between going, okay, what do I need to do to protect myself and shield myself while at the same time still um, being open enough to receive whatever I need to need to receive. But definitely I think it helps, especially now as I'm delving more into it, um, having that, um, the abilities that I had as a guardian angel definitely help in this lifetime for sure. Great. Um, and I wanted to share with the listeners two of my favorite passages in your book. And uh, one is being whole and complete means welcoming and hugging every single part of you, everything that has happened to you, everything that makes you you. Learn to praise your dark as well as your light to live in perfect harmony. I thought that was really beautiful. Just even now, it just gives me chills. <laughs> It is a very nice one. And I also, I really appreciate your blog too, because, um, you know, you have a great sense of humor and also you, you keep it real, you know, like you kind of talk about the struggle of, okay, so I am my, you know, my soul is this angel and here I am walking around in a human form, but who am I to say, who's going to listen to me? It's like, you, you also share a lot of some of those egoic fears that come up for, you know, all of us trying to do some of this work. And you also talk a lot in your blogs about just being who you are, because like, you know, obviously yeah. there is nobody else like you. Um, so I, I really like how you empower people to try to stay authentic to themselves. Definitely. And I think a big part of, um, everything that I do is that fact of, you know what, you're okay exactly as you are right here, right now. Yes. Obviously, we can all do with evolvement of some kind. I never like hearing the word change because I don't think it's about changing. It's more sort of evolving back to, you know, some of your soul level or, you know, back to some of that sort of childlike wonder rather than sort of the, the tainted adult. Um, and it's also definitely about embracing the dark. The best thing that I ever did, you know, even after learning all of this and doing so, so much, um, the biggest thing, because every now and then, as anyone would know, when you are overwhelmed or panic or stressing, the first thing you want to do is push it away and go, oh, no, 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 I don't want to feel that. It's not the right time to feel that or, oh, it's too much. But the best thing I ever did was to actually stop and go, okay, what do you actually want to tell me here? You know, what is... You know, I became best friends with all those darknesses and it's amazing because they're all there just to keep you safe. They're not there to, you know, technically be as bad as what they are. It's just the fact that we've let them in the driving seat for too long. So it's about becoming their best friend, about holding their hand and saying, you know, you are keeping me safe. I so appreciate it, but let's just step on this side of the comfort zone and see how that makes us feel. So, you know, it's not pushing anything away. It's not fixing it. It's not getting better. It's literally embracing all of that and going, you know what? I'm actually so freaking awesome. But what fine tuning can we do along the way? 
Right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and the other, the other passage in this book that I really love too is peace is best felt through the chaos of our lives. That is when we know we have mastered it just a little, when we can find it in the hardness of our life and still find a positive, still find a way to smile and see that light at the end of the tunnel. And you know, sometimes from one of my teachers, um, you know, they also talk about moving through life with grace, with the uncertainty of life. So, you know, when things come up, you know, I always encourage my clients that even though it might feel really chaotic and really crazy, can you find a way to move through each of those experiences with just a little more grace, a little more peace, know that you'll get through it. You've gotten through stuff before, but I think it is settling into some sort of peaceful energy while the chaos is going on. And I just love that, that passage in the book as well. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, I love that what you said about the grace. That's beautiful. It's, um, it's funny though, how many people can't find gratitude. Like I always encourage, you know, friends, if they're feeling a little bit negative, I'm like, okay, we're starting a gratitude post or message or things like that. And even when you talk to people every day, they're like, you know, I had a really good day, but, and I'm like, no, 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 there's no buts. You know, if, even if it was, there's a but in there, there was still something, you know, freaking amazing to find, whether it's, you know, you managed to get out of bed for the day or, you know, you managed to go to the letterbox or, you know, anything. I said, all of that is just freaking amazing. You look, you know, you're on the planet for another day. Like that's just something to be absolutely celebrated. So, um, I always try and yeah, encourage people to go, okay, it was a really crappy day, but what can you find that was really great? And no matter how negative a person is, they can find something to be grateful for. It's quite amazing when you switch that little switch inside of you to go, okay, what was good? You know, oh, I got to feel the sun on my face and things like that. It's just amazing when they actually start thinking about it and get out of that cycle of negative thinking that they can go, oh, actually, you're right. I I got to do that today or I managed to do this today. And, yeah, it's always lovely to hear. Yeah, it's that shift in perception. And I think you're right. You know, anybody really can remember to find those moments even in a crappy day. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I... I'd like to switch gears for um, the second part of our interview, and I'd like to talk about guardian angels and how you work with people's mm -hmm. guardian angels. Um, so I'm sure this question has been asked to you before, and I think I already know the answer, but I will ask it just in case some of my listeners have the question. And does everyone have a guardian angel? Yes, they do. But they're Even the bots. Okay, you tell me what that butt is. Because <laughs> I was going to say, even if they're, what if they don't believe in angels? What if they're of a different type of religion, that there are no angels? But tell me what that butt is. Okay, so firstly, no matter what you think, feel, your religion, anything like that, you have a guardian angel. Because let's face it, that's the human part of you that doesn't believe in angels or chooses to follow a certain religion and things like that. 
but your soul knows otherwise. So you've always got a guardian angel. They may not always be close. They might not need to oversee you as closely as some other people, um, but you definitely have one. But it's funny because when I was figuring all of this stuff out, I was always one of those people where when someone said your angels or your soul guide or your guardian angel, I kind of all rolled them into one. And that's why I kind of came up with what I call my spiritual pit crew, because it kind of encompasses everyone without me saying, okay, my guardian angel, okay, my soul guide, okay, my guides, okay, my extra angels that are around. Because let's face it, when you're asking for help or needing to know something, once you've sort of gone through all of those, you're kind of like, oh, okay, now that I've done all that, like I've had enough now. So I was going through with Jess, my mentor, um, one of my sessions with her because um, I'm – very similar to many lives, many masters. Um, I'm doing one called Many Lives Guided where I sort of take people through some of the lives I've guided. So she was helping me at first because at that point I hadn't delved into how to do it myself. Um, and we learned that my guardian angel's name's Ingrid. And I went, hmm, Ingrid. I was like, well, who's where does Mary, my soul guide, come in? Because that's who my soul guide is called. And I was like, am I, are they the same thing or, you know, what's going on here? And we realized that what everyone is calling their guardian angel is actually their soul guide. So your soul guide is a light being that's with you every single incarnation, life after life after life, whereas your guardian angel is kind of, I guess if you think about it in Archangel things, it's kind of Archangel Michael sitting at the top there and, and overseeing what's going on. So your guardian angel is almost like the CEO of your operations and then they're telling, you know, your soul guide and your other guides and bringing in things and they're kind of directing everything from above. But it's your soul guide that's sort of the one that you can, and don't get me wrong, you can still talk to your guardian angel and things like that, but they're of a much different frequency than anything else you can ever begin to imagine. So it's your soul guide that's the one that sort of you're talking to and that you can, you know, converse with and, and everything like that. And then obviously your other guides and whoever comes along as well. So that was a really big learning experience for me because, like I said, I always thought that all of these words that people threw out were just – the same old thing. So that's my butt. <laughs> okay. Interesting. And you also can yeah. do some of the services that, you know, you do for others are guardian angel readings. And it yeah. sounds like that you help people find out who their guardian angel is, colors associated with them and any messages that the guardian angels have. So can you describe what a session is like and how that works with the people that you work with? Uh, so I can, I do it obviously remotely, um, cause we're working with energy. Um, and I'll just connect in almost similar to when you're giving a, a reading of any kind where you connect in with their energy and things like that. Um, but I need to take it a step further. So I sort of go up into the angelic realm and I'll ask permission to connect with the guardian angel. Cause obviously sometimes, the same with anything. Sometimes they may not want to connect. Um, and then 
we have a conversation. So I find out their name. Um, every single one differs because all of the energy is so just like humans, you know, the, the personality and everything that comes through can be so different. So some can be quite chatty. Some people just want to give people, <laughs> some angels just want to give the bare basic stuff that they want to bring on. And obviously depending on sort of the human that you're doing the readings for, it would depend on how much information they can take. Um, but then, you know, sometimes I might give them the archangel that they're under at the time, um, colours, sometimes they'll give messages, um, things like that. So it's – and it's quite funny because sometimes I'll be like, oh, I know you. And they're like, yeah, we've, you know, <laughs> worked together before. So that can be quite nice for me as well because it's kind of connecting back in with my family, I guess you could say. So, But it's a really beautiful thing because, again, because you don't – always have that intimate connection that you can have with your guardian angel to bring all of that knowledge down and to have a name that you can actually talk to them with, even though you can't always have that same back and forth conversation that you might have is really beautiful. And so many people come back and just go, you know, I'm in tears or, you know, I just feel goosebumps all over. And it's such a beautiful thing to be able to give to someone. Wow. Sounds great. Um, this leads me into another thought that I had while you were saying that, um, you know, as we're talking about, does everybody have a guardian angel? And, you know, the majority of the answer would be yes. I start thinking of, wow, well, I wonder how many, you know, billions of angels there are up there. But some of the stuff that I've always read with angels, they say, don't be afraid to call upon, say, Archangel Michael, because he can help you. And, you know, thousands of other people all at the same time because, you know, they're, they're able to do that. Yeah. Actually a number of guardian angels that are assigned in the angelic realm or are there countless angels or is it a team? And like my guardian angel might also be the same as my best friends, or I might have the same guardian angel as some of the people in my soul group. And this one angel can be assigned to thousands of people. A little bit of both. So there's, it's definitely a team and there's a lot, um, but obviously also it depends on, because it's not just guardian angels or humans either. It's obviously, you know, connections with other life forces and realms and things like that. Um, but it's definitely a team and it's definitely under um, the umbrellas of the, the different archangels and, they can sometimes be simultaneously guarding other people at the same time. So I know myself, there's been times where I have done it with a few other than just one. Um, there's been times where I've been brought on to take over from another guardian angel because for that life, for that person, they either needed something different that obviously I could have provided or something like that. So it can depend, and especially with what goes on in the world, like with the war, you know, there was 200 guardian angels just looking after concentration camps. They weren't looking after individual people. They were looking after the mass as a society to help with all of the 
craziness that was going on. So there's definitely a lot of different things involved with it, um, but they're definitely a team. Just like you've got the doing angels and the messenger angels. I was a messenger angel before I became a guardian angel. Um, so there's, you know, different teams and different angels doing different things, but it's definitely a team, but then it sort of becomes more evolved from there, from what's what whatever's happening in the world. And what is a messenger angel? What's the difference between that and a guardian angel? So the messenger angels are sometimes that little whisper in your ear or a fantastic idea planted in some genius's mind. So, you know, um, my last job as a messenger angel with was with um, Joan of Arc. So the messages that she was getting from the angels was actually coming through me. Um, and I helped protect her on the stake when she passed over. And that's when I was given the opportunity to progress higher or across or however you want to um determine it so it's those little whispers like you know Albert Einstein having these great ideas is sort of a little messenger angel sort of coming through them in whatever way they can to bring this great idea to the world so they're all about messages bringing either three people or two people or somehow into the world to obviously either evolve it or make it better and things like that. Wow. And it's interesting that you talk about Joan of Arc. Just on a side note, personal note, um, a couple of months ago, I was trained in something called angelic Reiki. So I kind of have a two-part story to share with you. And in the angelic Reiki, we get uh, tuned to be able to work with angels, archangels, ascended masters, and galactic beings. And yeah. so I went to buy a card deck to help facilitate some of this, um, I forget the name of the person. He's pretty famous, but it's called the Keepers of Light card deck. And I had was doing readings for some of my clients, and Joan of Arc kept popping up. And so when I would channel her energy, it was like very interesting, you know, when her energy would come in <laughs> and the strength that she provided. And then I went on this paranormal investigation in this old uh, museum that we have here in the town that I live in, in Saratoga Springs, New York. And I walk into the first room and there is a picture of Joan of Arc. And I'm like, my God, what? How come Joan of Arc is like popping up everywhere and <laughs> she just popped, I know she just popped up this week and then to hear that story it's like oh my god she's definitely has been around um Absolutely. and the other uh, interesting story of one of the reasons why I asked um can we sometimes share guardian angels um when I took this angelic reiki training our teacher had told us about an angel that worked with her. I don't know if it was an angel or a spirit guide. Uh, it was one or the other, but um, that had worked with her yeah. quite a bit. And she had heard that his name was John. And, you know, the way that she described him was like this big kind of powerful energy that would come in, but that since she's doing different work, he has stepped aside. And one of the girls in my training, kind of like her face, like got white and her jaw dropped and she's like oh my god I have a spirit guide or an angel who when I asked what his name was it was John and you're describing him exactly and so they ended up working together in this training and my teacher was able to validate and feel that it was the same 
quote unquote John or the same energy that used to work with her. And then here, one of the students that came to this teaching had his, was working with his energy as well. So it was really fascinating. Yeah, it's, um, oh, I love it when that happens. <laughs> you just get this beautiful chill. Um, they can, especially with spirit guides and things like that, because obviously guides that your soul guide or your guiding angel bring in to work with you, they're not attached or, you know, specifically told you have to stay with that person forever and that's it. So they can, you know, come and go. There's some spirit guides that I had when I first started and obviously needed so much help and protection and um, sort of that real Native American Indian shaman healer type thing that, but she's gone now because I don't need her anymore. So she's obviously moved on to someone else. And, you know, um, even my mentor, her spirit guide has come quite a few times to me when I've needed it, even though I haven't talked to her um, because I've worked with him a bit because obviously she, we're in each other's energy a lot when you're working with someone. Um, so they definitely can move around. And especially if, you know, they've decided that, okay, my job here is with you, with you is done. Um and obviously in that healing, they've obviously, they might've been the one that sort of drew her to that healing modality because, you know, there's their, <laughs> their previous sort of um, human that they worked with. So it was obviously a, a very meant to be moment for them, which is just, I love it. Yeah. yeah that was like <laughs> synchronicity that just blew me out of the water. Absolutely. I was like, oh my God gosh, I can't believe this is happening right now. Um, exactly. Especially showing, and that's why it's obviously bringing those two together because obviously they, depending on what kind of guide they are, you know, they don't always have to show up looking exactly the same as what they did to the last person. So for them to be able to have exactly the same experience and and viewing of them is extraordinary. Yeah. Now you say that the angels work as a team. So I'm curious to know too, do they have anything like, do they all come together like a staff meeting and, you know, discuss certain <laughs> things that have to bring about change to the, to humans down here? Like, do they, is the, is, is there a collective goal to the work that they're doing as they're working with us as humans, or are they just kind of these guides that are working with us through our own life? Or do they have a specific purpose to bring about change to the world? Definitely. So there's definitely a, sorry, I'm still giggling at the staff meeting because I'm just seeing, you know, <laughs> this, this big executive table with all these energies around it. Um, there's definitely a meeting that's, um, takes place um you sort of have you know god or i i say god even though i'm not necessarily religious to me he's god um but it's whatever you want to say is the source or you know the big you upstairs um you know obviously you've got him and the archangels and certain powerful beings that sit around it and then I guess if you can almost imagine um, kind of like those old Greek arenas where, you know, you've got the the levelling up and everyone can sit in it, it's almost like a big amphitheatre. Um, if you can imagine it like that and sort of, you know, you've got 
obviously the guardian angels and anyone else that is going to be affected. Um, ascended masters, sometimes people from other realms um, and everything like that. And it's very much a collective of, and again, depending on what's happening in the world, because sometimes back in certain times when we were a bit more closer to maybe our soul back in the days where, you know, we were a bit more used to working with and adoring gods and goddesses and Mother Earth and things like that, it was probably a little bit easier. Um, but, you know, there is a lot of talk about, okay, you know, what can we do here? Who do we need to send um, and everything like that? And it's not necessarily in those kind of talks because obviously up there it's all just – love, light, peace, joy, all of those most amazing emotions and feelings that you can positively think. So sometimes it can be a very head-scratching moment for us where we're like, holy cow, like, <laughs> what are they thinking? Like, hello, like it's so easy to choose the light, just choose the light, damn it. And funnily enough, that was why – one of my goals was to come down here because I just kept thinking, you know, how can humans not choose the light path all the time? You know what I mean? Like how is it so easy to get bogged into this human, you know, I want everything and everything's crap and let's kill everyone and all of this kind of stuff. Like it's just mind-boggling when you're up there and you can't – fair enough, you can feel, you know, what your charge is feeling, but – you can't live it on the same scale as you do when you're a human living it. So, you know, that was my first half of my my human life experience and probably why I had such a bad um, panic disorder and, you know, let's throw everything ego-driven at me was because, you know what, it's actually really easy to choose the ego path <laughs> when when you're living right. it. So, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That's a very big thing. So obviously once I go back up there, I can start teaching and sort of saying, well, you know what, it's not as easy as what we think it is because, you know, and even our souls, like it doesn't matter where you originate from, our souls are just, as you know, this pure loving energy that doesn't understand and you know no wonder wonder why there's so much push pull inside of us because you've got this beautiful soul going everything's so lovely and then all of a sudden you're trapped in this human body going what the hell is all of this stuff that we're feeling so you know a bit different once you've been you know reincarnated so many times you sort of get used to it and go oh yeah it's just this same old human stuff again um but it's very mind-boggling to us up there and especially those um, angels and beings that don't have as much human interaction, you just sort of, yeah, you're scratching your head going, oh, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much for answering so many questions, um, you know, that I had about this. And, um, you know, you have some great stuff on your website. You offer great downloads, some free downloads. You have some guided uh, meditations that you offer people on SoundCloud. Um, it also, you also offer 
um, sessions for people uh, doing this intuitive work. And we actually ran out of time, but we didn't get a chance to also talk about the fact that you also work with people for mediumship readings as well. So can you just let our listeners know what your website is if they would like to um, contact you? Definitely. So you can find me anywhere, <laughs> um, but you can find me at adiabellarises.wixsite.com slash adiabellarises. Um, there you'll find everything that I can do as well as being able to download um which is probably my most fun and excited work is the Healing Voices where I'll channel through Ingrid um, and create these beautiful, um, I can't even tell you what they sound like because they're just weird noises and singing and there is some talking because now that guardian angels actually have a voice, they get quite excited that they can say words. Um, but it's just these beautiful healing voices that will help you in a variety of ways, whether it's calming or feeling love again or working through some blocks. So I can also tailor those to channel your guardian angel Um which obviously makes it specific for you, but those are what really lights me up because then forever you've got a little piece of, you know, a guardian angel that you can listen to at any time that you like. So um, I should have sent you them before we had this actually so that you could have um, experienced them, but I'll send them to you after we get off here. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. And I could still follow up with my listeners and listen to them. I do another uh, show. I call it the Food for Thought Friday where, you know, I'll review some other things and it's just kind of me talking about certain experiences. So yeah, if you'd love to, I can let my listeners know what that's like. Um, and we'll have all of your other links as well in the show notes so people could find you pretty easily. Uh, We'll have a link there for the book that we talked about today, Angelical Wisdoms, Messages to Nourish the Soul. And I would definitely recommend our listeners to check out your blog. It's, it's a lot of fun to read. So uh, thanks so much for being a wonderful guest and uh, for helping us to understand more about the angelic realm. I hope it helps. <laughs> it and did. thank you. It's been so, so lovely being able to talk on the other side of the world like this. It's amazing technology these days. It really is. And I have to say, my ears just love the Australian accent. So I was in bliss for this oh, really? entire hour. Yes. <laughs> I'm the same with your accent. I'm just like, because I love reading books and obviously so many are said in America, but you're just like, how does that sound? So to hear your voice, I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you very much. And thank you for the work that you're doing in this world. And, um, you know, if you have any other books that come out, we'd love to have you back on the show. Perfect. There'll be some coming out this year. So you definitely have to chat again. All right. Thank you, Julia. Thank you so, so much. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that show. And don't forget to sign up for our premium service with over 100 hours of interviews, as well as our new segments such as Two Minute Tuesdays, Food for Thought Fridays, as well as the Virtual Book Club on Thursdays. All of these extra segments are only available for our premium subscribers. Visit the podcast section of our website at path11productions.com to learn more or to start your subscription for only $3.99 a month. 
If you're not interested in a premium subscription, you can still use our smartphone app for both Android and iPhones. Just search for Path 11 in the Google Play App Store, or if on an iPhone, look for Path 11 in the iOS App Store. Of course, you can still catch our latest five interview shows at any time by subscribing to the Path 11 podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and iHeartRadio. If you want more information about our films, visit our website, path11productions.com, to purchase DVDs or to rent and stream each film. You can also find our trilogy of films on iTunes, Amazon Prime, and Gaia.com. Catch you next time.